I'm Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. Welcome to the future. Font Futures, a three-part mini-series dedicated to what will continue to evolve as it relates to design, technology, and the greater societal shifts that the world of type can help facilitate. Part of what we can expect is new, innovative ideas that are pushing the boundaries of typeface design. One of my very favorite things that I've been able to do with this podcast is lift incredible student work out of the black hole of the assignment Dropbox, where it too often never is seen again after a course is over. I am so genuinely proud of all of my students who demonstrate hard work and dedication to the topics explored in class. Today's episode features two students in my advanced typography class this semester, and the work they're sharing today are their original typeface designs. With us, we have Sarah Zahavi and Nate Evangelista. Before we get to Sarah and Nate, however, allow me to tease you with the next two episodes in this mini-series. We have the legendary Charles Nix, type director of Monotype who gives us the ins and outs of variable font technology. And we will be speaking with Toronto-based type designer Kevin King about his work in helping to revitalize and preserve Indigenous syllabic letter forms in a digital space. Nate, who you'll meet in this episode, helps me co-host the next two episodes as well. You are in for an awesome two and a half hours of conversations dedicated to the typography of tomorrow. Hi, I'm Nate. My original typeface is called Aqua. Aqua is a bold yet beautiful display serif typeface. It makes a statement with its high contrast between thick and thin strokes, yet remains tranquil with its curved and rounded serifs that simulate the movement of water. Water heals, it refreshes, and it flows wherever it wants to go. There's a reason people have often listened to the sound of ocean waves or falling rain to help them fall asleep. Speaking of which, wave and rain were two potential names for my typeface. In the end, I went with aqua because of the former just gave off a little too much energy, where an aqua alludes to the movement and flow of water along with its relieving and relaxing properties. Aqua smells of mango, yuzu, and summer. It's like a crystal clear ocean both visually stunning and yet very calming to the eyes. I created Aqua with the sole purpose of coming up with a typeface that is as versatile as it is unique. While editorial in nature and perfect for projects like niche publications, fashion advertisements, and wide format signage, Aqua can also be used for personal branding, either to create a logo, promotional campaigns, and being part of your business's brand guide. I was mostly inspired by the modern typography movement, heavily influenced by typefaces like Didot and Bodoni. My biggest challenge presented itself when I was figuring out how I could stylize the half serifs to look like waterfalls, yet still give Aqua the legibility and readability that it deserves. 
In a way, I not only wanted the design of the individual glyphs to flow, but also for the reader's eyes to flow naturally while looking at text set in aqua. The decision to exclude full serifs and only work with half serifs was very intentional and vital to the creation of aqua. Overall, I came out with something I'm truly proud of, and I love the entire process and all of the knowledge I've gained throughout the project. Hi, I'm Sarah, and my original typeface is called Negative Space. Negative Space is a bold, dramatic display font that is inspired by the postmodern principles of minimalism, conceptualism, and self-awareness. Created to be a monospace typeface, the letter forms are shaped by the most minimal changes to a block of color. Unlike most fonts, its purpose is not to communicate information. Rather, negative space demands interpretation and analysis of the letter forms themselves. It is complex in its overall appearance, but simple when the shapes are considered in isolation. The goal of this typeface is both theoretical and slightly audacious. So trying to identify the smallest possible change that results in recognizable letter forms, which is the theoretical side, but also I was trying to force people to look at the letter forms themselves, not the message that they are conveying. I really kind of envisioned it being used for artistic purposes. So primarily posters and headers and potentially collages. So I was designing it with the image of a, someone putting up a controversial poster at night with like a subversive message. And what kind of fonts would they use? What kind of protest could be communicated in the letter forms? And it's a very urban, uh, urban design, the way that postmodernism is a very urban movement. So Again, from a sensory perspective, it's very kind of like the texture of wet concrete, slightly gritty and grainy, and you can feel it under your feet. It kind of tastes like a smoky whiskey, smells like gasoline and cigarette smoke. So it's this entire experience of something that's a little bit like it's born out of the city and isn't quite for public consumption. It's very unique in its understanding. I love both of these they are both so different and yet each are so strong and have such a stance on their own so i am so proud of both of you and our entire class for creating something that is really kind of i I hope true to what your vision was and and true to kind of of what you were hoping to get out of this assignment but the the biggest thing is that you you tried. Your interpretations were, I think, very, very successful. But I just love the idea of diving into something that's completely new. I mean, you have each dabbled in design and in production and in that space. But to my understanding, you've never designed an original typeface. So I'm so proud of each of you for just kind of jumping in and seeing where it where it goes. Now, in terms of the process, what was the process like, Nate? Yeah, so for me, the process sort of began with finding the right inspiration. And it came when I was watching, re-watching actually, uh, a cartoon that was very close uh, during my childhood. And it's, I'm not sure if anyone knows it, but it's called Avatar The Last Airbender. And long story short, it's about a boy and it, it's set in a world where people uh, are centered around four elements, fire, water, earth, and air. And ever since I was a kid, I've always had this strange affinity to water, which is strange because I can't even swim. Uh, 
<laughs> which I should probably <laughs> learn how to. But uh, with that show, I've always loved the the people that uh, were affiliated with water. You know, like I'm, I, I love going to the beach, and I I love like going on cruises and. So I decided to play along with that. And after that, I wanted to see what could I change in the letter forms to help give off this uh, sense or simulate water in a glyph. And I was thinking like, should I make it, you know, like like flowy or, you know, come up with something more artistic in nature. But after doing the art and science of typography project and I learned about modern typefaces, I sort of had this image forming in my head where if I had just excluded the full serifs and played with half serifs instead, and uh, rather than having the half serifs on the same side and alternating which sides they were on, that's when something clicked and I was like, oh, that kind of looks like a waterfall. And so after that, I played around with the glyphs and tried to see uh, which, like what would work where. And uh, in the end, like creating Aqua was such a cool uh, project. And I was really happy that I came up with something that came out of this strange affinity to water. That's a great story. And we'll, we'll teach you how to swim one day, Nate. Oh, yes. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. Your (laughs) beach experience will be forever heightened if you can get in that water. So, (laughs) yes, but I think that you touched on something there, which is the this thing that we've been exploring all semester in in class is that this idea of the typographic non-binary. So not having to place our our kind of categories of type into these very distinct buckets. There can Mm. be this kind of overlap and melding and ideas that are a little unconventional and that's where the the magic happens so the idea of not having to work with full serifs and i think you use the term half serif so kind of playing with the the uh, terminals of the characters and bringing in your your ideas of relating it to the element of water yeah 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 and I think it's it's so interesting how including or excluding certain elements can just give you an entire new realm of possibilities uh, while still coming out with a typeface that's legible and readable. And it's really interesting um, just how much uh, you can how much you can stretch your boundaries with certain things. And that was definitely one of the coolest things about this project is how far can I go um but yeah yeah I definitely agree with uh your your stance on the typographic non-binaries and Sarah what was your process like so actually I began designing a completely different typeface um I throughout the entire semester I had a Pinterest board and I was gathering inspiration and I wanted to do an art deco style font I was playing around with a kind of trying to um, bridge together the two um, like big art movements of the 1920s. So uh, Art Deco and Bauhaus, and I wanted to kind of combine them together. Then by the time the project started, it was just Art Deco. And then I created all these type forms and I have this, um, I kind of put them all inside a motif. I designed a motif and then I found the shapes of letters within that um, design. 
And then when I went to put it together into the uh, spec sheet, I realized that this font does not work just because of how the letters are formed. The spaces in between the letters are like horrible. You can't read it. So I had three days where I had to redo everything and I went, okay, what do I do? And I hit upon this idea of subtracting. So you start with a positive, spa uh, positive space, a shape, and then you subtract from that little elements. And I kind of standardized the elements. Um, I did it without drawing it out first because otherwise I'd be coloring squares and then taking an eraser and trying to figure it out. And it was just more productive to do it um, on Illustrator from the get-go. And as I was going through it, it was just really interesting to see, okay, so what is the smallest part that I can recognize, right? What's the smallest change that makes this from a block to a letter? And then simultaneously, I was also thinking about kind of, um, I guess, questioning the letters themselves. I was taking a class uh, at the same time, IRL 500, and we had hit the point of postmodernism and structuralism and post-structuralism. And I guess I wanted to just kind of question that because, you know, we look at text, we look at type, and you just read it and you think about what the, is contained in the type. And something that has changed for me since going through uh, typography and advanced typography is now I look at the font so intensely whenever I read anything. Now I, like, I go through books and I go, hmm, I think that font was in that book that I read back then. So I wanted that, I wanted the viewer to have the same experience to be able to like have to look at the letter form and have to try and understand the shape itself as opposed to the entire message. That's so cool. And I applaud you for pivoting the way you did and kind of reimagining your typeface because I can imagine all of the work that you had already put in. But I think that this final result is really interesting. I mean, I, I have no doubt that your first result also would have been very interesting. And maybe one day you can revisit that and you can kind of reimagine what, how the spacing would work within your Art Deco typeface. But in terms of, of the, the, the negative space that you played with and the idea of taking this very rectangular shape and subtracting just enough to make it look like something else, I think is a really interesting concept and a way to um, think about type design in a very non-traditional kind of turning it on its head view. Yeah. And Nate, yeah. And Nate, what about uh, in terms of the moments of insight, moments where you went, oh, yeah, that's how you do that. Or, oh, yeah, huh, I didn't realize that was the case. Or whatever the situation was, did you have any of those moments of insight? What were they? So... I think my biggest moment of insight happened when uh, we had uh, Charles Nix as our guest speaker in our lecture and just his whole take on graphic design being the intersection between art and engineering in a way, because especially in type design where you're not just concerned with the creativity and the originality of a typeface, but you're also concerned with uh, the end use and how people are going to react and uh, read this typeface. That was my biggest moment of insight when it came to creating Aqua. I found myself asking questions like, how will people react to this? And 
will people want to read this or want to look at designs using this typeface? And I got so uh, like caught up in readability and legibility because I think it's so fascinating, the psychology of typography and type design, how it's more than just creating something super uh, artsy and original. Like that's that was my biggest moment. And also from a design standpoint, I realized that I could create uh, all of my characters with a simple circle. Um, if you look at my rough sketches, I was able to draft up almost every character by just using the same configuration of circles to create a consistent and yet unique and original uh, letter form. And so those were definitely my biggest insights when it came to creating Aqua. Mm -hmm. Curiosity plus constraint equals creativity. I always, uh, I always love that formula. I think it holds true. Uh, for uh, for me anyway, in, in a lot of ways, and I think that little that little constraint, that little circle that you've used to kind of morph or shape or bend the letter forms around, does give it that consistency. Does kind of set a rule in place whereby you can then create a uniform series of letters. Neat, Sarah. Any moments of insight for you? I think throughout the entire process, I was, I've always been really um, inspired by the things that I read and the things that I, like the media that I consume. So like, for example, last semester, I took Photoshop and I had this project where I had to, like, you make an album cover in Photoshop. And I had been listening to a concept album about, um, about gentrification on the moon and technology. And it kind of took over my entire like design process. So for this one, I was reading a lot about um, semiotics and just the study of signs. And, and I was reading uh, Mythologies by Roland Barthes. And he breaks down everything, like these little kind of everyday things that he claims to be myths and like symbols of something for particular. He's reading, writing from a French perspective. And that was so fascinating to me, where you create something that works as a sign for something else. So in essence, you're not creating something as is you're creating a link to something else mm. so something that's going to call up the viewer's attention to almost any kind of concept in particular and that was something that I really wanted to play around with when I was particularly working on the spec sheets because I think the spec sheets is when I looked at the font and I went to okay this is working right this is coming together particularly I I did a couple of extra ones just to see how we're how do I envision the, this typeface working, being used? And it was like this kind of graphic art, like slightly gritty, slightly grainy. And I looked at it and I went, okay, so I'm creating a symbol here for skepticism, for, for questioning just everything and just a kind of lifestyle, I guess, a mentality of approaching life in a, in a different way. Yeah, and that's such an interesting way to approach it. I mean, uh, I think that, uh, Sarah, I too find what I'm reading and, and what I am consuming kind of comes together and influences ultimately what I'm putting out into the world. So it's neat that you kind of also took that stance and, and tried to really make your typeface a symbol 
as you say, it's it kind of it exists as a series of letter forms as an alphabet, but it also has deeper meaning and kind of a layered nuance for this idea of you said skepticism and just um, the questioning everything. So I think that's really a really kind of excellent sublayer that I didn't quite even realize when I was first looking at your at your typeface. And then just to kind of wrap up, because I, again, I'm so impressed with our entire class. I'm impressed with your interpretations of this assignment, both of you. And I just wanted to say that I, I in looking through your spec sheets, my, I have favorite characters that each of you created. So I would love to know what your favorite character is, too. And maybe you can, if you can think of it off the top of your head. So, Sarah, I particularly liked your ampersand. I thought it was super interesting. At first, I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at. And then upon closer inspection, I was like, oh, I see it. I see the E and I see the T. And that's a really cool, interesting interpretation. And Nate, for you, I love your G's. I mean, I have a thing for the letter G. It's like, it's a problem. I... I have a mild obsession with really ornate, beautiful, interesting letter G's, both uppercase and lowercase. But I really appreciate your G's. Any favorite characters that came out of your your work? I think what started as the character I was unequivocally dreading to create at first was the lowercase a. I was at the point where I almost wanted to create more of that simplified A without the the arch. Uh, but I told myself, no, I need to create something uh, unique, something original. And so it ended up being my favorite just because what started out as something I really wasn't looking forward to ended up being such an amazing challenge. And I've always taken that approach to any project that I do. I've always seeked challenges, wanted to, uh, again, challenge myself to overcome these things and learn and hone my skills. And so uh, creating that lowercase a really sort of <laughs> gave me a moment of, yeah, I can I can do this now. Like, this is, this is really cool. Um, and yeah, I, I, also, I also love the G. I love just having that, taller X height and sort of a, just a little bit of a smaller ascender and descender um, in my characters uh, because I fell in love with the Q uh, as well. But the A is definitely, was my moment of triumph, um, to say the least. <laughs> yes, moment of triumph. Sarah, how about you? I, I despised doing all of the <laughs> punctuation because I couldn't figure out a way for it to look like the typeface like fit in with the typeface but also not be horribly difficult to read and I don't think I really succeeded with most of the punctuation besides for the ampersand so I also find that one to be probably one of my favorites but um I I also quite like the x I think the x was one that I had to play around with a lot anyone that had subtractions from the side from both sides particularly from all four sides, which is what the X required. So it's how do you keep the identity of the font? So this kind of blocky square rectangular shape, but at the same time still make it recognizable as an X. So like it took a, a bit of playing around, but I think we got there eventually. And I'm quite proud of that one. 
Yes, yes. Okay, well, thank you both so much for your hard work all semester and for your incredible work here in this final assignment where you designed your own original typefaces. I am so very proud of you and for the rest of our class as well. And uh, and you are both going places in the type world, whether that's for your <laughs> your own personal passion projects and that's all this ever becomes, which is has its own merits and its own place uh, and, and importance, or whether you just decide to kind of do something more with it. I wish you both the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thanks, yeah. Diana.